Welcome to the HSD podcast series. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy. Today, I am joined again by Jennifer Lamb, RN, MBA, and Mock Surveyor for Life Care Services. And Jennifer and I are continuing our discussion on the new FTAG numbering system and the regulation contained in each one of the new FTAGs. Our goal is to help you understand each FTAG fully now that we are uh, in full swing with using the new FTAGs through our surveys. So today we're going to be talking about FTAG 688, Increase and Prevent Decrease in Range of Motion and Mobility. So welcome back, Jennifer. Thank you, Laura. It's good to be back. And um, I'm excited to be here with you and to assist our listeners in understanding these FTAGs and how to uh, reduce the risk of getting a deficiency. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, why don't you go ahead and start by explaining to our listeners what they can expect from this series that we've been doing? Certainly. Um, we have been covering one FTAG per podcast to explain the 49 tags identified as substantial, uh, sub, I'm sorry, substandard quality of care. Substandard quality of care is defined by CMS as having more than one deficiency related to participation requirements under um, resident behavior and facility practices, quality of life and quality of care that constitute either immediate jeopardy to resident health and safety, a pattern of or widespread actual harm that is not immediate jeopardy, or a widespread potential for more than minimal harm but less than immediate jeopardy with no actual harm. We are using the State Operations Manual, Appendix PP, Guidance to Surveyors for Long-Term Care Facilities, in order to provide for you the same information that the state surveyors use when they come in to do your state survey. Um, we feel that it is the best tool to learn as much as you can uh, to what the surveyors know and to be prepared for your next state survey. So I'd advise you to uh, download and follow along to get the most complete information. And we can't we can't stress that enough, right, Jennifer? Have that guidance there, right? So I know uh, we sound like we sound like a broken record saying that, but we really mean it, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> they give you the playbook; you might as well have it right there. You, yeah, you said it. You said it. So, so um, you know, when we're looking at F sixty six and we compare that to the prior F tag numbering system, we see that F. Uh, I said sixty six, and I meant F six eighty eight. But when we compare that, um, it that's really a new tag that is a combination of the old. F317 and F318. So CMS took the language of those two tags and made them one tag. So why don't you go ahead then and define the new tag F688 for our listeners? Okay. Well, F688 says the facility must ensure that a resident who enters the facility without limited range of motion does not experience reduction in range of motion unless the resident's clinical condition demonstrates that a reduction in range of motion is unavoidable. And a resident with limited range of motion receives appropriate treatment and services to increase range of motion and or to prevent further decrease in range of motion. A resident with limited mobility receives appropriate services, equipment, and assistance to maintain or improve mobility with the maximum practicable independence unless a reduction in mobility is demonstrated as unavoidable. 
Okay, so the intent is to ensure that that the facilities provide the services, care, and equipment to assure that a resident maintains and or improves his or her highest level range of motion and mobility. And that is unless a reduction is clinically unavoidable and a resident with a limited range of motion and mobility maintains or improves function unless reduced range of motion and mobility is unavailable. And that's based on the resident's clinical condition, of course, that unavoidable piece. Yes. Um, It's our responsibility to just make sure that unless it's completely unavoidable, that our residents don't lose their mobility or range of motion. So it makes sense then that the first step in ensuring that the resident doesn't lose that mobility or range of motion is to first assess the resident and get their baseline for both mobility and range of motion. You're absolutely right, Laura. Um, That initial assessment will identify the risk and will identify any current issues related to mobility and range of motion. For instance, the assessment should include, and it's certainly not limited to, um, immobilization, um, basically is the resident bed fast or in a wheelchair? Do they have neurological conditions like Lou Gehrig's disease, which is also called ALS, um, muscular dystrophy or cerebral palsy? Um, is there any, indi- or is there any uh, condition where movement causes pain or spasms or loss of movement, such as cancer, uh, pressure ulcers, arthritis, gout, or late stages of Alzheimer's. And then finally, clinical conditions where a limb might be immobilized, such as with a fracture or an amputation. Okay, and then the MDS provides a tool to assess mobility. And included in that assessment would be um, changing, the resident changing to and from a laying position, uh, the resident turning side to side movement in their bed, changing positions of the body, transfers between the bed and the chair, standing and walking. And that assessment should also address whether or not there are already limited movement and what types of services and treatments um, have been or will be provided. Yes, and based on the assessment that you just mentioned, the care plan then should address those issues with specific individualized interventions, exercise and therapy. And the care plan should also address any specific equipment or devices that are needed to maintain or improve mobility and range of motion. So, you know, Jennifer, we've uh, we've mentioned this in earlier podcasts, too. Um, We're pretty strong on this, that the uh, state operations manual or the SOM has a lot of great information. And again, it has a lot of great information pertaining to this regulation. And we're going to encourage everyone to look at it for additional guidance um, because it's another great tool, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, let's go on and talk about some of the complications that might impede a resident's mobility. Sure. Um, Some of the complications that a resident may have that can keep them from reaching their full mobility and range of motion potential include pain, skin integrity, um, decreased muscle strength, unsteady balance, contractures, and respiratory issues. And of course, there are other conditions that can um, affect mobility. And I think it goes to say that those other conditions need to be addressed in the care plan, all of them do, and then also the other conditions. So um, let's let's 
Let's um, go in another direction here now with um, FTAG 688. And let's talk about the key elements of noncompliance. So what things would cause noncompliance or a potential citation with FTAG 688? Okay. Well, the key elements of noncompliance of um, F-688 includes the facility's failure to provide treatment services, equipment, supplies, and or assistance to prevent an avoidable reduction in range of motion or mobility in residents admitted with full range of motion or mobility status. Um, if the facility fails to increase range of motion or mobility status to, or they prevent uh, further avoidable reduction of range of motion or mobility, if there's a failure to maintain or improve range of motion or mobility, um, the surveyors will not only use the interpretive guidelines that are found in the SOM, um, but they will also follow the positioning, mobility, and range of motion critical element pathway to determine if there is a deficiency. I'm so glad you mentioned those pathways. Another fantastic tool. In fact, I think they're one of the best things that um, CMS has put out in terms of that type of material. Don't you agree? I absolutely agree. I, I think that, I mean, it's basically a printout of what they see on their screen and how they derive it, whether or not there's going to be a tag. And so if, you know, if our listeners can download those um, pathways and utilize those, maybe even do spot checks of their own you know, perform their own uh, audits. And, and also it's what we use in mock surveys, at least, you know, I know that I, I use some of those pathways, um, especially if I've kind of honed in on something and I want to look at it further. Absolutely. It's, it's a fantastic tool. I agree with you, Laura. Well, those are great tips, Jennifer, too, and, you know, the reasons why they should use them. Um, so just a reminder, those pathways are on the CMS website, and you can download them. For the LCS listeners, you can also ask your your um, clinical nurse consultants or your mock surveyor, like like Jennifer. <laughs> so, and and actually, actually, those um, pathways, they're available to everyone and anyone. Um, so they're out there. Please use them. I, I absolutely encourage that. So um, I think that's all we have today on FTAG 688. And so I'd like to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. And I hope that you are benefiting as you listen to our series of 49 different podcasts that are addressing the 49 substandard quality of care FTAGs. And we're going to keep going through the list. So we hope you'll join us again. And then Jennifer, um, as always, thank you very, very much. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate you having me and I love our discussions and uh, helping our listeners. And I also look forward to our next podcast when we'll be talking about F-689, um, Accident Hazards, Supervision and Devices. Wonderful. Thanks to our listeners and we hope you join us again. Legal Disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.